Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. It's exciting to meet leaders in any field of life, in any endeavor, that are multi-talented, have tremendous capacity. I'm Mark Rutland, and this is The Leader's Notebook. I'm glad you've joined me for this episode. I'm going to be interviewing a guest that you want to hear more from and more about. Doug Dwyer is the president and chief stewarding officer of DreamMaker Bath & Kitchen, uh, headquartered there in Waco, Texas. He has led that company since 1997. His management expertise includes overseeing all of DreamMaker's franchise opportunities for sale, operations, franchise development support, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way to warehousing. He has been named the Remodeler of the Year by Professional Remodeling Association. His company has won multiple awards and is always listed among the remodeling's top 50 firms and Entrepreneur's Franchise Top 500. I'm so delighted to have him on the Leader's Notebook today. Doug, welcome to the Leader's Notebook. Thanks, Mark. Great to be with you today. I want to start out talking with you a little bit about uh, Dream Makers, and then uh, I want to shift and talk to you about a, another venture that you're undergoing, a nonprofit. But let's stick with Dream Makers for a few moments. Uh, it seems to me that you took over the company at a time uh, when it was booming, and then we came to 2008. It must have just felt like the the brakes just slammed on. Yes, Mark. Actually, it's a long journey. Took the company over originally way back when under a different brand name back in 1996. But then, uh, yes, we, we 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 had turned it around from that and, and moved into full service kitchen bath interior remodeling. And 1999 was the name change to Dreammaker Bath and Kitchen uh, Remodeling. And then, yeah, we had double digit growth, great growth from 03 <laughs> up to 07 and into 08. And then, yes, the bottom did fall out because not only was it a, uh, a recession that hit, it was a housing bubble recession, yep. and uh, that was catastrophic for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, anybody with very many miles on their odometer remembers the collapse in finances, housing, everything in 08 and 09. Here's my question. Um, what what did you learn? What what showed up in your life? Who did what did you figure out in 08 that you weren't figuring out during double digit growth? <laughs> well, one is those those charts that you know we're supposed to look at as business people always look like gobbledly goop to me because it went up, it went down, up and down all throughout a year when you looked at new housing starts or or permits for housings or uh, delinquencies on payments or foreclosure rates. Uh, but the reality is in 2005, uh, there actually a trend started that I didn't catch. And mm-hmm. it, what happened is foreclosure rates were going up, up, up over a year and a half. Um, and, and you could hindsight is I saw indicators I didn't know how to read back then that really would have predicted where we were headed. And it was really, uh, uh so, so I also learned how government regulation can affect things where they wanted everyone to own a home and get the home ownership rate from 63% to 70% across our country. So it flooded the market 
not only with cheap money or people really that didn't qualify for that money got money, uh, but it also brought six to seven million buyers. So it, that created this huge housing bubble. So I could go on and on. I learned a tremendous amount about all of that. But what God was up to, <laughs> he was he had me rework our vision statement and our and, and fine tune our mission statement as a company. And you know he did some really uh, work on uh, refining and recalibrating things, getting more alignment. Uh, with our vision and mission. And then, then he got us to work on making our systems better. You know, uh, really taught me that uh, God wants us to do business with love and excellence grounded in his truth. And, and that excellence part really misses a lot in business. And so uh, just learned a ton about that. And the, the other thing is uh, God brought a verse to me in 08, uh, know the conditions of your flocks and pay careful attention mm. to your herd. Mm. And, and I, I dreammakerize that to know the condition of your employees and your franchisees, pay careful attention to your end user customers and suppliers of your franchisees and, and, and love them. And so I was like, you know, um, so it was quite a, quite an event for God to get my attention that way. Love your people. And so then I, I knew all of our franchisees pretty well, but I put to memory every franchisee and their wives by name so that I would know who everyone was across the country and I could pray for them by name. Nothing quite so purifying as a bonfire, is there? <laughs> you can, it can <laughs> no. clean some stuff out. I know exactly what you mean. And and the whole nation figured it out or they went under. There were so many companies and so many leaders and managers that just didn't, didn't make the shift. I particularly like one of the things you said, very good, that there are things you can do when it's growing and booming, but there are also things you can do when, when God lets it table out. You don't have to sit still. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. If we're not, even just in, even in good times, uh, sales can go down for, you know, you just mysteries to you. Why, why did that happen? But I've learned there's, there's a rhythm uh, that God has for business and you know, things will slow down and we can fret and overwork to try to turn things around. We, we need to, you know, do those normal things. Hey, are we on top of sales? Are we on top of lead generation? Are we on top of customer service? We've got to do those things. But, but past that and past overworking, you know, we got to say, God, what are you up to? And just ask him. And then a lot of times it's like, Hey, I want you to get better with your customer service. I, I want you to improve this system or process. In our case with the franchisee, I want you to take that, technology to another level uh, or this marketing program to another level, whatever that component is. And so I have, I've really, God's really taught me and we've really learned there's a rhythm to that, uh, whether it's at our franchise or level, or I've got some franchisees, they have found that same thing. And so we, we don't sweat it as bad. We get busy doing those things to make the company better and it pays off. I, I really like that idea of finding the rhythm, finding the the heartbeat of God, the rhythm that he puts in a business and in leadership, whether it's a business like that. I've spent most of my business has been involved at the higher education level or nonprofits or ministry or even uh, church. But I find there is a rhythm. And if you fight the rhythm, it, it, it beats you. It's like fighting the surf. But if you if if you'll learn to surf with it, it it can really you can really accomplish some things during the time that that it's kind of relaxed or not quite as intense. Absolutely, and, and you know I, th- I think from '08 to 2011, you know we it, it was it was a that was a rough rough period. If you were in, uh, 
uh, suppliers and home improvement were down 55% on average, <laughs> uh, wow. you know, in that, that in nine and 10 and some all the way through 11 and kind of flattened out and started going back up in, in 11, uh, going into 12. But the, the other thing I didn't notice, you know, because it, it, it hurt us and definitely hurt our numbers in many different ways. And there was a decline. But the one thing I, I wasn't really paying attention to as much, and we, we track things. And what happened is we, we kind of hit right before the recession, our average location did a half a million dollars. And then the bottom was like 340 something uh, per location. But then I started noticing it was going up and up and up. And then last year, uh, our average location did about 1.4 million. Mm. <laughs> so what God was doing is, yes, we got pruned and purified, but he made us stronger. He made us better and created a, a bigger and better opportunity wow. uh, with it because now that's our average franchise. And Mark, in the remodeling industry, there in the there's the North American industry classification system that any business has a number that goes with it with a bank. And in that system, there's 108,000 remodelers uh, in that system. There, there's more than that, but, you know, the guy in the truck, right? Right. But the ones that have a full business going, um, 108. And out of those 108, if you have an average, if you're, if you're doing sales of 1.4 million, you're in the top 5% of the industry. So our average franchisees in the top 5% of the industry, our number one franchisees in the top, I think it's one and a half or half a percent in the industry. I'd have to double check the number, but it's very high. So that it's perspective when you start looking at it that way. So what was cool about it, even though it was like the manna and the desert season, nah. you know, we, we, we had provision, you know, we ate and all those things. It just wasn't a whole lot of fun. Uh, I, 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 like there's fun fruit and there's painful fruit. It was more the painful fruit. Season. I got you. <laughs> it, it produces fruit, but it just hurts. And, but then we saw that, but then when I got open my eyes, like, Hey, look what I've been doing. Look how much better I'm making this company. So, uh, anyway, it was, that was a, a really neat revelation. Well, it's a great word. And I, I wish that leaders in every business and especially church leaders, I wish you would listen to what he's saying that there are times when you getting things bigger has to capture your attention. Growth has to happen and you have to catch that wave of growth. But there are other times when you don't need to make it bigger. You just need to make it better and get ready for the next wave of bigger. And that's what happened to DreamMaker. And thank God. Absolutely. It's beautiful. I, I want to talk to you about something else now. I'm going to shift your gears. At some point or another, you decided or felt led or something to to take some things that you'd learned there. For example, I noticed chief stewarding officer instead of CEO, and somehow that got translated into a into a nonprofit called God as CEO. Tell me about that transition. Yeah, so re really it goes back to uh, May twentieth of two thousand uh, on a business trip. A guy had given me a little. Gideon Bible, personal, personal worker testament, which means you've got uh, the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs in it. And uh, uh, anyway, long story short, on a business trip, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, even though I grew up in the church, I just never had done that. And, and, and uh, God really got a hold of me and changed me uh, for the better, for sure. And, and uh, anyway, I ended up going on a mission trip in 2002 to Mexico and uh, heard about this guy, uh, Stanley Tam and, uh, 
he wrote a book called God Owns My Business. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And, you know, and then the guy said, I'll send you a copy of it. He sends me a copy of the book. And God had been stretching me, growing me a lot. And I said, oh, God, I don't know if I'm ready for more growth right now. I feel really kind of wore out and stretched. And I said, I'm going to put this on the table. When you want me to read it, you'll let me know. And then uh, it was like uh, two months later, somebody else sent me the same book. <laughs> so uh, I got that. Well, I better read this book. So long story short, this man's been an inspiration in my life. He's given over $150 million in commissions work and, and spreading the gospel and uh, in his lifetime and, and helped thousands of people annually come to Christ, uh, millions over his whole life. It's uh, quite an amazing story. And uh, so when I was I had an opportunity to buy the company I was running, it was a family business and I had been running it for quite a long time, took it through the name change uh, that I mentioned earlier. And, 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 and in that name change and then purchasing the company in 2003, uh, I didn't, this guy had created a foundation and gave his business to the foundation and donated the money to ministry work. And, and I was like, well, I don't know how to buy a company and do all that's, it's overwhelming enough what I'm doing. I'm buying this national uh, company and that's enough. But I said, God, I'll, I'll promise. I know I'm not above pride and thinking that, Hey, I, I did this. And so I need to protect myself from that. I need to remember that you're really in charge and you're really the true owner of all this. So I'm going to promise to you, Others may call me this term, but I'm going to promise you I'll never name myself CEO of this company, and I, I'll commit to look to you as my CEO. Uh, and so really, that's how God is CEO. Uh, the concept in my life started was back in two, uh, October of 2003. And then gradually around 2009, it really began to take shape and take off. Is that right? If I got the right time frame? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. 2000, yeah, so uh, yeah, 2003 that happened. So there's informal things I was doing, uh, optional sessions for our franchisees to how to have God as CEO. And that started in 2009. So that's accurate. And then, and then uh, I went on a mission trip in 2013 to Ghana, Africa to for Hoops for Hope Ministry to teach kids basketball that, you know, uh, and also to tell them that God has a, a plan, a place, and a purpose for your life. And, uh, and just love on them and teach them basketball or the head guy was six, eight that leads this. So it's, a, huh. we really taught them basketball, but they also got God. And then, and there was a guy there on the court, uh, uh, I guess he was the youth pastor at the church. And I told him how God had instantaneously healed me of chronic asthma back in 2001. And, and that I just, I really want to do God's work. And, uh, the more he'll bless this business, uh, the more I can give. And, and he goes, Oh, our people need to hear this over in Ghana. Anyway, that started, uh, not just us events. Then it started, uh, I've been going to Africa every year, but one year since 2013 and 2014 was the first God to see you event there. Of course, as you know, uh, you and I share Ghana in common. Our headquarters at Global Servants is in Kumasi, Ghana, and your headquarters of God as CEO is in the capital city of Accra. It really is a, a wonderful country and wonderful people. And I, I love Ghana and I love the Ghanaians, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're very warm people and, 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 uh, and just a, a great heart for God and for service and volunteer work. We, we have a lot of volunteers that help over there. And, uh, it's been a, a very good experience. Tell me what a, 
an experience of a a gathering, a teaching of God as CEO, whether it's in Ghana or in uh, or in Waco or Dallas. What what does it look like if I attended one of those? What am I going to hear or find? Yeah, you know, I, I think you know if if I just go to the mission statement for the ministry. It'll explain a lot of it because really uh, the ministry is we want to share to challenge and show God as CEO by living example. In other words, not just reading a book that somebody that used to live, but somebody that's alive today uh, doing it. And, and, the, and then that would lead so that people are um, live, having, living and fulfilling God's purpose for their life. Because, you know, um, as a Christian, I want my life to count for more. I don't want, I don't want to, just, I want to take care of their earthly needs and help people with their, the provisions of this world, but I also want people to spend eternity with uh, God uh, on an eternal path versus separated from his love. And, and um, so that's, that's my heart. So at the event, uh, I'll share in more depth how God became my savior and CEO. And then, and then also share how he taught me the call to live with love, with excellence and truth, because love, our God's relational. Our God is also a God of excellence, which is measurable, meaning that tabernacle was built with precision, the solar system. We were, we were created. And, and so, you know, we should be doing business with excellence. And often that is missing. And then grounded in his truth, you know, that we should treat people with gentle, loving kindness. You know, there, there's all, all those things. So, and then uh, some other folks that will speak there that have owned businesses, that have their own story, and then and, and people that are an employee working for someone else. And how do you have God as CEO, whether it's your business or whether you're employed for someone else? And in the afternoon, we get into a couple of training workshops, like how to have a code of values that's biblically based and operating your business. And we, uh, my family, were part of a much larger company, uh, one time publicly traded. And, and uh, anyway, so we've built companies based on that model, based on that value systems, dating back to... 1975. It seems to me, as I observe business leaders, that uh, with regard to their Christian faith, they seem to fall into two equal and opposite errors often. I mean, there's the great ones like you, but there's some that either make their Christianity, they wear their Christianity on their sleeve and wind up irritating everybody, uh, On or the other hand, those that that are afraid to talk about it, afraid to even let on that they are Christians. And uh, God as CEO, you seem to have, have hit a good way to express living it out in, in the business, in reality. Yeah, I, I think so. The, the, the big thing that God taught me in 2013, like he highlighted at one meeting, um, is that we, he really taught me, like if you put an arrow, draw an arrow going off a page, so you don't see the top of the arrow, but you know it's going off the page. And he's really impressed on me. We need to leave with love, our care for our employees, for our customers, for our suppliers, our, our lenders. We need to have care for all the people around us, uh, which is love, right? We need to love them. And then we need to do, we always need to be looking at how do we get better and excellent. And frankly, that's just a good business strategy because mm. business is competitive and dynamic. And if we don't pay attention, we're going to become irrelevant and we need to stay relevant. So. So that call to love and excellence, but again, grounded in, in God's truth of, you know, having equal weights in the marketplace. So we're having fair pricing that we're treating people with love and excellence and, and servicing them well. So I can go on and on, but you get the gist of it. 
Yeah, it's perfect. I, I remember a quote, I think it's from Martin Luther, I can't remember for sure, but the concept of it was this, that uh, a Christian cobbler doesn't make Christian shoes by putting little crosses on the top of them. He makes Christian shoes by making the best shoes in town, and everyone knows that a Christian made them. Yes, we have, we have lost much of that. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Well, those of you that are listening, you're you're not listening to somebody that doesn't know where Avi speaks. Uh, the average uh, remodeling agency in America makes one hundred and eight thousand dollars a year gross, and this is a man with how many how many um, franchises do you have now? We have over uh, forty locations in twenty five states. Forty locations in twenty five states. Their average is 1.4 million, which puts each one of his franchises in the top 5% of remodelers in the country. And of course, uh, that's the average. Some of the top companies are doing even better than that. It's wonderful, wonderful business. I know God as CEO has got an event coming up uh, in the Dallas area. Tell me about that. Yeah, we're we're hosting an event on uh, May 14th. At the Brookhaven Country Club, and uh, the morning sessions will be like I described. Uh, we'll have several speakers, and we'll have a Q and A time in the afternoon. We'll be uh, business, some business training on the you know code of values, business plans, you know basics uh, on the fundamentals of business success, but key ones, right? That a lot of companies don't have. And so uh, you can go to God as CEO dot org uh, forward slash DFW twenty two. And that would take you to a registration page. There's no cost to it. Uh, if you feel led to give something great, but there's no obligation. Uh, we just want to help pass on the message like my mentor, Stanley Tam, gave me and, and help pass it on to others. Who can come to that? Is it just uh, uh, the owners of companies or can they bring staff? Who, who's allowed to attend this? <laughs> really, anybody can attend, but there is a, there's definitely a focus on uh, you know, business owners or people working in the business realm. But the reality, anybody that uh, influences people with leadership uh, and, and wants to live for God, you're welcome to attend. I urge you not to miss this great event. If you live not just in the DFW area, but uh, within any distance to get there across the Southwest, I urge you not to miss this God as CEO gathering May the 14th at the great Brookhaven Country Club. I've had dinner at that uh, country club before, and it's absolutely beautiful. I hope that somehow you can go early and play golf there. But uh, May, <laughs> May the 14th, Brookhaven Country Club in Dallas. I tell them one more time how to find it on the Internet. Yeah, go to godasceo.org forward slash DFW for Dallas-Fort Worth and the number 22 for 2022. Don't miss it. It's going to be a great event. You need to be there. I urge every business owner, every leader in business. Uh, and I, I would say this. I think that uh, if you're a leader in, in the educational realm, a uh, principal, a, a school superintendent, or if you're in the, even in the realm of the church, I think that this is a, an area that would benefit you in your leadership and your management skills. And I urge you not to miss it. Doug. Um, I always, when I end these interviews, I always ask the same question. I'm always fascinated with the wide variety of answers I get. And that is this. If you could speak to leaders everywhere, all at the same time, political, religious, business, military, everything, and you could speak to them all at the same time, but 
you could only say one thing. What would be the the thing that Doug Dwyer would leave with leaders worldwide? That we need to be the model. We need to live with love, excellence, grounded in God's biblical truth. Be the model. I love it. Doug, thank you so much for joining us on The Leader's Notebook today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Good to be with you. And thank you for joining. Until we meet again, this has been The Leader's Notebook, and I'm Mark Rutland. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.